Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. And we are brought to you by Bet Online, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. And they have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Well, I guess this is where the off season starts as it's been a crazy morning across the NFL. Kyle, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. It's not a happy Monday for a lot of folks right now because there's a lot of change happening and a lot of bad news being delivered across the NFL. And uh, that's what we're going to be dedicated towards today on the show is talking about some of these changes, some expected, some very unexpected and uh, kind of going through the dynamics of of what in the heck's happening here on this first day of the NFL offseason. How you doing, Chris? Uh, could be better. A little under the weather. Did not enjoy the way the season ended for my football team. I spent the entire night arguing with people about Brendan Staley calling a timeout. So it could, go, it could be better today here on Monday. <laughs> could be better. Oh, man, what a weekend it was. Yeah, I mean, five, five passing yards for the Jets yesterday, you know? Um, Four first downs. Don't start, Joe. Don't start with me. Just take your victory. Move on. Do not poke the bear. I will <laughs> blow up. On poke the bear. Today. There's nothing to poke the the I bears will, in hibernation. I will just torch. He's earth looking today for a meal in a few years. I will torch Earth on the show today. Do not test me. <laughs> Where you want to start, Chris? I mean, um, there's a lot to get to, so I trust that you'll ask us to talk about the biggest or most surprising thing first. Yeah. Look, and, and people are going to accuse this show of being homers by doing this but I I think we have to start with the Dolphins of all of the head coaching jobs that just opened up because I, I think it's the one that comes with a little bit of shock that they ultimately did decide to move on from Brian, Brian Flores but then add to it I think the nugget of information that Stephen Ross proclaimed to the world in his press conference media availability where he very blatantly said I'm not going to be the person that takes Jim Harbaugh away from the University of <laughs> Michigan not going to be me so that rules that out, and that's what everybody's thought was the moment that this move happened. So I think that's the place to start. Team ended the season winning all those games that they did. They had a winning record. They have a young roster that was very good at the end of the season. 
that's going to be an attractive job. And then I think on the flip side of it, Brian Flores is going to be an attractive candidate for a lot of these other jobs that opened up. Well, <laughs> I don't know. What I know is Stephen Steven Ross is almost guaranteed to dramatically overreact here and go out of his way to hire an offensive-minded coach because the offense has been a big problem for the Dolphins in each of Brian Flores' three seasons. He'd been through four offensive coordinators in three years, four offensive line coaches in three years. And they were going to have to make new changes to both of those assistants again this offseason for any semblance of optimism for the offense going forward. And then you take into account, oh, it's been it's been reported and rumored that and, and we've kind of indirectly heard this ourselves. Uh, that, that Brian Flores was in the pro Herbert camp, not necessarily in the pro Tua camp in the pre-draft process. And you've heard some places that would would go as far as to say that the Tua decision to draft Tua was one that uh, was made from higher than Brian Flores's pay grade. And what I think is interesting about that is in the aftermath of firing Flores today, Stephen Ross was asked, "Are you guys going to go pursue Deshaun Watson?" And he says. Uh, I do not plan to, but it's up to the head coach. You have a general manager who you're retaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if Brian Flores wanted him, why didn't he get him? And it felt like he that never really you look at the hiring, the the handling of Tua, the quarterback position change with when they put Tua in the lineup in the first place was done without Shane Gailey's knowing as the then offensive coordinator and he leaves in the off seasons like, okay, well, like they very clearly alienated Chan Gailey with how they handled this position. So he leaves. And then there were the multiple benchings that went along the way and how they handled the rumors this off season and, and whether or not they publicly backed their quarterback or not. And it felt like that was a sticky point. I know Jeff Darlington went on the Ryan Rosilio show and he compared it to the relationship with John Elway and Tim Tebow from back in the early 2010s, which we know how that story goes. Tim won a playoff game and was out, Mm -hmm. right? So when that's kind of, and Jeff's one of the best and he's more plugged into Miami than anybody else. When he has that kind of description of that relationship, and then there's some, he's having a hard time finding quality assistance and he's going to have to make his fifth effort at hiring an offensive coordinator in four years. I think there are some, some roadblocks here that really would have made it difficult to make the necessary changes and, and think that they were going to get done effectively. Now I would have given Brian Flores another year and I would have said, we're going to throw the bag in an established offensive coordinator and they're going to take that side of the ball. And there was Matt Nagy or Brian Schottenheimer or whoever, right? Go out and get somebody with an established record, track record of running an offense and let them do that. Apparently, because of some other underbelly stuff that's apparently been going on with him being tough on players and him being uh, tough on assistants, there's all this underbelly stuff that has ultimately led to this change. But this team went eight and one down the stretch and just swept the Patriots for the first time in 21 years. I have a hard time believing you're going to go out and get a better option than that. I think that's the struggle. It's, it's foiling. And I said this in a text message to you, it's foiling 
what Flores has been able to do in terms of rallying the football team for three consecutive seasons where they really finished very impressively in all three years with below average quarterback play against what appears to be some lack of alignment within the key figureheads of the operation. And we know that when that's the case, the the owner gets his way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can understand it from both sides and, and it's, it's the one that we didn't expect right this, this morning. And so there's a, the shock factor, but I guess when you kind of reflect back on some of that tension that's existed, especially when it comes to the quarterback thing, here we are. But like you said, and that was my follow-up question for you after you got done was going to be, well, how do you feel about Chris Greer sticking? And then what Steven Ross said about that, the quarterback decision will be up to the head coach. And you, you kind of already hinted at that. That's the part where I get a little bit confused right now. I think the the hire that they make is going to tell you a lot about the direction that they're going to go. They're either going to hire a head coach specifically with catering to Tua Tagovailoa in mind, or in my opinion, they're going to make a play for the coaching candidate that – uh, was the one that Deshaun Watson was pounding the table for his team to hire when they were in the coaching market, which was Eric Bieniemy. I think they're oh, going to tell yeah. you a lot about their intentions here in the next two weeks. All right. So the Miami Dolphins looking for a new head coach. Where you want to go now, Shub? Matt Nagy? I think everyone kind of expected that one. And I think the, the bigger thing there is pace also going, right, is now that they're going to go completely clean house, new GM, new head coach. So you got to think, listen, and if there's one thing I know, NFL teams, they, they follow conventional wisdom all of the time. They're going to hire their GM first and then hire the head coach. I certainly hope that's the direction that they would choose to go here is that they get the GM and then let the GM do a search. So that one's going to take a while probably to get an end result of what that bear situation is going to look like. But you got to think that's one of the more attractive jobs. Young quarterback, you're going to be able to have your input, in, imprint, input on that roster. A defense is, is not not too bad. That one's kind of interesting. Minnesota's another one. I'm also not ruling out in the middle of the show somebody else getting fired. So, <laughs> right. Let, let's at least bring this up with with Chicago. And I'm not saying that I agree with the, with what I'm going to suggest in my question, but just for the sake of kind of talking about it, did Matt Nagy have a a case? to stay was there do you guys think there was any case that he had to stick around I mean he's four years on the job 12 and 4 8 and 8 8 and 8 6 and 11 playoffs two out of four seasons is it a situation and I've said this a lot where some guys just the the more that they get their handprints on something the, the more concerned you get about the direction is that kind of where it was oh. with Nagy or yeah what, man that's, have that's like success? college that's college coaches, right? Yeah. So you remember when Josh Heupel gets there at UCF, right? And, the, and the, that program steadily faded. And you see that a lot with college coaches that come in and they got a lot of somebody else's stuff, yeah. right? And then as, as you impress more of yourself on it, if it's going the wrong direction, then – you got to be very concerned. And I think that's the thing with Nagy that, you know, that they've regressed every year, in my opinion. And you can't have that trend line with that amount of consistency going the wrong way and survive it. Not in today's economy where you got teams like Philadelphia in a rebuilding, you're making the playoffs in year yeah. one. 
Yeah, it's tough. Especially when, and again, I I don't know how much of this is Nagy's fault, but you're at a turning point as your franchise. You just drafted your franchise quarterback who you've put a lot into. Your division could very likely be up for grabs if Aaron Rodgers leaves this offseason. You got to feel really confident in the direction that your franchise is going in. And if you waver even a little bit, I think you got to make a move because you have enough of a sample size with Nagy to know, do we think this is the guy or do we not think this is the guy? And if you don't think this is the guy, this is the right time to make a move because then you can peak with your new head coach, your franchise quarterback that you believe you have, and you can peak at the right time in a division that is available for you to take in the shortcoming. Again, assuming Rodgers goes, and I think that's the assumption that we're all making at this point. Do we feel good about Matt Nagy as an offensive coordinator? Like, I know, Kyle, you had mentioned him as maybe a Dolphins option. It's kind of your 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 monologue there when you talked about that situation. But is this just a situation where this is a good coordinator but not necessarily a good CEO of, a, of an operation? I think that's his best chance for success. And I'd, I'd like to see what um, what it looks like. Uh, I think he's going to have to go somewhere – where there's a familiar face, whether he ends up on Doug Peterson's staff. I think that's what makes the most sense wherever Doug ends up landing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would kind of alleviate some of the pressure of him having to carry the load. Um, but I, I don't foresee a, a market for him in the head coaching space for quite some time. And, and I think, you know, go on, go on Doug's staff and, and restabilize your career and go from there. So when we consider what's next for Chicago, obviously Justin Fields is at the forefront of what should be on the mind of the decision makers in Chicago. But I'm curious what you guys think about what you like, what do you expect here? Because, you know, over the weekend there was the whole Olin Krutz thing where they offered him like a $15 an hour job. And yeah, there's some perception out there that this is a cheap team. Right. And, and um, I mean, is this a, do you, does this smell like a retread? Does this smell like a Leslie Frazier spot? Or is this something where you can see them do something aggressive to kind of lure um, maybe more of a spicy name? Well, you know who I wouldn't wouldn't mind there is Brian Flores. Well, he can pick up the pieces and run with the defense. We know that. Right. And I don't know. I, I think one thing that if I'm any one of these organizations that has continued to struggle to get it right, head coaching isn't head coaches and GMs aren't a spot where you too often see guys get second chances. Right. It's all trying to find the next young hot shot coach. Right. But for you know, Matt Nagy was never head coach before. Brian Flores was never head coach before. I think they've both made missteps in their own tenures. Hire somebody who's been a coach before and learned hard lessons somewhere else, hoping that they have the foresight to apply them and not make the same mistakes. And if I'm Chicago, I want so you you'd mention the name Leslie Frazier. I would want somebody who's been in that chair before if I'm Chicago personally. 
And I think a, a guy like Frazier could possibly make a lot of sense. We always love Jim Caldwell, right? Whenever we talk yes. about that. Yes. So I'm with you. I, I I would agree that that would be, if I'm Chicago, I think along those lines, you know, um, maybe they'll be tempted to pluck a McVay disciple considering how that's panned out. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet from, I think it was Andrew Breer um, about. It's a good tweet. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I wish I had it right here, but like we, however many years ago it was, three four years ago, we were sitting here making fun of teams for hiring anyone who was Sean McVay's friend, and the the jokes on the jokes on us because Sean McVay's friends have done extremely well in the NFL. When you think about Zach Taylor, uh, and you think about Matt Lafleur down in Green Bay, um, obviously Sean continues to have his own success. Um, but I mean, these guys are, these guys are producing. And so maybe you, you have that temptation to, uh, here it is. It's, it's Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury, Brandon Staley. Pretty good, right? I know Brandon Staley had some goofy moments, but. Just very quick. Can somebody help me with something? What's the connection with Cliff and McVay? Other than everybody thinks they just like look alike. Like they, they didn't coach together anywhere, right? Like, I, don't I don't think know. so. Yeah, so like that, that, that one doesn't make sense. No, Taylor's, it's his friend. We know that it's his friend, right? But but the reason why the 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 Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury was because they were trying to get a a a a bootleg version of Sean McVay, and they didn't want to just spend a bunch of money, so they hired right. Cliff, like, and he came with the McVay endorsement. You know. Okay, fair, but like yeah. none of those other guys like coached with McVay, which was what was confusing to me. Also, I love how everybody was critical of that, of hiring anybody that like McVay had a hand on. Yeah, we just continue to do the whole, oh, if you coached under Bill Belichick, we're just going to hire you because that's going to work for us. Like, it, I just don't get it. All right. But Mike Zimmer. That's the other situation because we already Raiders and in playoff Raiders, by the way, and Jaguars. That's old news. Question for you. Yes. Raiders win a playoff game. They beat the Bengals this weekend. Right. You're going to, I know you're going to have to, you have to keep them right. Jamie and I talked about this on the fantasy podcast last night. I don't know how you walk into that locker room after winning a playoff game and say, we're going to make a change at the end of the season to head coach. I don't know how you do it. Now, if they get blown out by two scores on the road, I think it's, you you can can get away with it. And that's probably the best thing for everybody involved for the Raiders if they want to make a change of quarterback is to go there and get blown out. But if they win that game, how do you not? Right. All, everything that happened to this team this season, they had no yeah. business even playing in that game last night with a chance to make the playoffs. Right. Now they're going to get a playoff game? <laughs> well, so focusing on the Vikings situation, when we talked about them for the new year's resolutions last week, I said the the word stale and I just kind of thought that this whole situation was extremely stale with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. And I understand that they both have had a fair amount of success there, but I think it was fair to be concerned that it it's kind of just run its course and it was time to go in a different direction. And to Chris's point about the landscape of this division kind of being turned upside down, Let's get your pieces in place that you think can be the catalyst for putting you to the top of that division while it's kind of seemingly ripe for being open in, in the coming years. And so I I understand this move, but I also simultaneously respect the run that Zimmer and Spielman had in Minnesota. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, you knew Zimmer had plateaued with his impact on the team. Spielman to me is the bigger change, right? Like Rick's been there a while. 2006. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very significant change for that organization. And, um, when they were at their peak, they had a really good roster. I still think they have a lot of nice pieces. Um, big hits. So I guess mate, what's that? Some big hits, right? Like yes, throughout yeah. his tenure, I, like the whole thing, he's had big hits. Right, he's drafted very well. I mean, Rick Spielman, I would consider to be a going to put a number on it, a top twelve executive. Top 15? Well, I mean, what's a number you're comfortable with there? So, <laughs> I mean, I um, what, what, what's a shame? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I just want to get this part out here. What's a shame is the association there is going to be with the quarterback position, right? You're going to look at Kirk Cousins and the, the money that you paid him. And that's kind of the probably the sore spot on Rick Spielman's resume the last four years. Yeah, meanwhile, we we spend all these conversations talking about how some teams would love to have Kirk Cousins caliber play at quarterback. You know what I mean? So I maybe there's when you bring into to the fray what they paid for him, you start to have questions. But um you know, I'll keep my comments about what I where I was gonna go to myself. Because they're not they're not something I can confirm well enough to say on the podcast. Let's put it, let's leave it there. So that's all of the jobs as of this moment. The so Giants. Listen, no, no, got, no, no. Give no. me a second here. He's he's there's a Joe Judge is in a meeting probably as we speak with Mara and he's making his case. Joe, he's not been fired yet. Please. I have irreconcilable differences with that third and nine call. Really? I have irreconcilable differences with the play before in which they just ran the same play. That's the problem I have. They ran it on back-to-back plays. Professional football, folks. Professional football. Need more room to punt the ball. It's like that's you, you're too rooted in your special teams background if you're making those decisions for an extra yard and a half to punt inside your own 10-yard line. Wow. If he's not gone, I don't know what to tell you. And <laughs> right. That's the perfect place for Flores to go. Yeah, I don't assuming, disagree. Ass, assuming he didn't have friction with Patrick Graham, who's the DC in New York, because that was the Dolphins DC in 2019, before Patrick Graham left to take the exact same job with the Giants after the 2019 season. If Flores is from there, isn't he? Isn't he a New Jersey guy or something? He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 I do somewhere. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you can fix this real quick. Right. We'll see. It's what a wild time. What we a did it every time. year, but it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's never not surprising. It's never not like jaw dropping and you can like, I've, my productivity has been crap today. Um, oh, I, yeah. I've just been arguing with people on the internet the last 24 hours. Imagine landing, imagine Bro. landing, <laughs> coming off the plane at 930. Your team just swept the Patriots, turn airplane mode off. Yeah. And it's just Boom. a burning building. Your phone is is burning, a burning building. 
What show is that in which the guy walks in with the pizzas right. and, and the yes. apartment's on it's, fire? Um, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Donald Glover. He walks in yeah, and he's got the pizzas and the apartment's on fire. That was Kyle this morning. That yes. was me. When I turn my phone off airplane mode, and I'm like, oh my God. And it literally happened like two minutes before I landed too. So, Lord have mercy. Can I leave you with this fun little stat that I cannot verify, but I will put it out here on the internet. By the oh, way, I, I love how we talked all last week about the the on this show about the great tie scenario that could have played out, and that's exactly the way it played out on Sunday Night Football. It was absolutely... Uh, did you have feelings about... Well, did you feel like that should have just been a tie? So I, I felt some kind of way about the whole thing. And we would, need, we would need a whole extra show for me to tell you how I feel about the whole thing. I was flabbergasted by when the game got to overtime that those two teams, the game theory didn't kick in, and those two teams just decided, you know what? Didn't no show mas. Yeah. We're done here. Ten minutes, let's get out of here. We're fine. Nobody make any silly mistakes. I was floored that the moment that coin toss was over, that those two teams didn't just shut it down. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, cannot confirm this statistic, at least as I'm reading it to you right now. But as of this moment, Matt Rule is 0-5 against the NFL coaches that got fired today. Oh, my. Say that again. So Matt Rule against all the coaches that have been fired today, 0-5. Oh, no. Oh, do, with that, do with that what you will. Uh, wait, wee-woo? Wee no, what's the wee-woo? I, I, I have Twitter is, open for this is exact the Gettleman reason. thing? Is it Gettleman? It's Gettleman. He's, he's, is, he, is he gone? Courtesy he's of gone. Josina Anderson, I'm told GM David Gettleman is telling people in the building that he's planning to retire. Just what we heard like a month ago, right? I... Retire. That's a very nice way of, hey, we'll let you exit on your own, but you weren't coming back anyway. Right. Correct. Still doesn't fix the Joe Judge situation, but hey, there you go. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us today on the show. We got a lot of great content, National Championship game tonight, so enjoy the, the, the starring finale from an FBS perspective in college football. It is full-on draft mode with these draft prospects. And, Joe, don't look now, uh, but in about two weeks, you and I are going to be getting ready to hop on a plane and go to Las Vegas for the Shrine. Wee-woo. And then if Wee-woo. Let me finish. And then a couple days after that, we'll be headed to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So we're, we're doing the double dip this year. We're very excited about that. What is the wee-woo, Chris? Mike Garofolo of the NFL uh, Network Qu just tweeted, quote, Giants coach Joe Judge will meet with his players in a few minutes, and the expectation is he will lead the meeting with an eye toward the future. Sources tell me and Ian Rappaport. Same tone was struck in a meeting with coaches a short while ago. Well, he just got done meeting with mean? the owner, and then they're letting him meet with the players and they're with an eye towards the future. He coming back, baby. All right. An eye what to the future. <laughs> All right. We're done here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Keep your eyes peeled for the timeline. It's only going to get crazier from here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.